What's up guys? This week we got our first Wednesday episode coming at you with a familiar face in Tyler Seller from Masshole Media. Masshole Media is the world's most cost-effective production company. They work with some of the biggest artists all around the world. Tyler and Dre are absolutely crushing it and this was a really fun podcast to shoot. Hope you guys enjoy this one. Leave a like, comment, subscribe, and we'll catch you guys on Sunday. Is our first repeat guest. We got Tyler coming through again and the one and only Boston Flicks. Hello. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Doing all right. Yeah, I'm chilling. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, you're the first person that's that we've had on twice. So I, hopefully that's an honor, right? It's massive honor. But that, that UFC clip uh, that we posted, it did pretty well. Yeah, it's like the, still, the UFC clip was crazy. Still ripping. That did We're better still, than the Travis one. I don't know. Which is weird. Yeah, that was weird. We got a lot of hate on it because people were like, these kids. are casuals. Yeah. These kids don't know sports. Yeah, like, right. You know, Bruins playoff games are the best ever. I'll stand, I'll stand by my word on like, that one. It was though. great. Yeah, well, that who was, was it? It was like uh, College Week, College Daily, or College Weekly, or something that po- commented and they were like shitting yeah. us. Uh-huh. Oh, really? But I didn't see that one. That was on TikTok or uh, Instagram? Instagram, yeah. really? Yeah. Nah, Instagram Shit. real comments are ruthless Damn, all the time. crazy. All the time. So, and then a little bit of background on yourself. I mean, Boston Flicks, where'd that name come from? And uh, tell everybody what you do. So I started, so I had like an interest in photography when I was, I want to say like 11. And then um, I never really had my own camera. So I get into high school and I surrounded myself around like a group of kids. And we would just like, we we would like do stupid shit. (laughs) We would, um, we would like skip school. And we would go to like random parking lots or, or rooftops. We would just climb on top of them. And we only had one camera in rotation between like all seven of us. And we would all model for each other and, and take pictures of like Boston. So from there, I kind of just like started doing that on my own a few times. And I I started off doing like architectural photography of just like Boston with, with like all the rooftops I got onto. And from there, I, I kind of was just like, damn, I'm taking pictures of Boston. Um... I don't want my, cause my Instagram handle back then was Andres with the good hair. Cause I had my, I had my long hair was like all the way down to my stomach. And, um, I was like, nah, like that's lame. Like I'm not gonna be a photographer, Andres with the good hair. So I switched over to Boston flicks. I don't know how it wasn't taken at the time, but what yeah. was that? What? What like year was that on Instagram? I want to say like 2012. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's, That's why it wasn't taken. I, I wasn't yeah. even born yet. <laughs> I don't think I was on Instagram until like 2016 or something. Yeah. Okay. I think I Damn. jumped on in thirteen or fourteen. Fuck. But that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. no, no no sorry no not twenty twelve it was like twenty thirteen fourteen. Okay, still still, still, still still though that's still, ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Wow, and so since then, what has that you know looked like? Just the the progression from then ten so, years later. I guess, like in connection with like Masshole Media, um, like Tyler has all the bigger connects, and I have kind of just like all like the small creators within Boston. Like I'm close with a lot of them, so. Um, now I guess it, I'm kind of just like sometimes I'll be a middleman, other times I'll be somebody's photographer, but mainly like within Boston, I'm I'm like a lot of people's guy. Tyler, what's it been like watching Dre kind of grow? Because this podcast came to fruition, you know, like last week I think you put yeah. up on your story. You know, I've been getting a ton of podcast requests. I'm not doing any until one brings on, you know, Boston Flicks. And you know, we said, of course, you know, that sounds great. But why did you want to get Dre on um, so bad? I, I don't do anything without Dre and like I call this guy like nonstop like every single day probably five hours a day no, while he's really. at work and it's like I 
I feel like I, I have my own work with like my bigger connects, but like Dre's also got some massive connects that like help middleman it or he takes control of it. Um, actually like a good example is at TJ's show last week. Um, his team that like I'm close with didn't end up going, uh, cause they had back to back shows. So Dre knew the opener who got called Yo, that's 40 actually minutes. A crazy story. Yeah. Cause he so was Dre, so it was supposed to be coverage opening for little TJ and, um, they said, oh, we're not getting to the we're not getting to the venue until 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock to perform. So I was like, shit, well, we're here at 6. Like, we got to find a way in. So we're sitting in the artist's entrance and whatever, waiting. And they said, oh, like, Kyle Rush canceled. So we're still sitting there. And uh, another one of our photographers that Dre knows um, around Boston, his name's Showtime. And um, he came walking in. He was like, oh, Moses performed. We got a call 40 minutes ago. He was at a, his niece's birthday party to come and perform at MGM, his biggest crowd. So he walked in and Dre just walked in with him. And I was mm-hmm. like, can you get me in, Dre? Like, do you think you can work something out? Because usually it's, uh, usually I never really struggle like that. And uh, Dre ended up getting me into the show and another couple people into the show. So, um, yeah, he went on for 10 minutes, performed. Fabio got on after. And then TJ got on and we were backstage without any credentials because of Dre and his connects around Boston. So, I feel like Masshole Media, since it's like a very Boston term, I feel Dre carries a lot of that weight in Boston. I'm kind of more like the Canadian side and like everywhere else kind of going on. But um, I'm not... Dre was my first connection in Boston when I started this. So um, I think that's important to say. So everything I got in Boston is from Dre. When was that when you guys first connected? I was working working on a boat before I started doing this. And... um, I had a A&R from Van Buren Records and uh, he said, oh, I have two photographers that like you should reach out to, uh, one being Jesse Garner and the other one being Dre. And uh, Jesse was in Tampa. We hooked him up with some stuff down there. No, no, that's not and, how I uh, met you. No, did, it was because um, you worked with Tyrell. And, um, oh, yeah. And t- so there's, there's <laughs> yeah, this kid yeah, that I'm, another guy I'm work, friends. Yeah. He's friends with my friend and he DMs me one day. And because Tyler was working on the boats so much, like this kid worked on the boats with Tyler. Yeah, he used to narrate for like tourists, like and going to Salem and just like mm-hmm. telling them what they were looking at to like make tips and like dog shit money. And, mm-hmm. and but yeah, he, he, he DM me. He was like, yo, hit up Tyler. Like he has his media company. And at the time he had like 200 followers. And I was yeah. like, no fucking way. Like, this, <laughs> this guy has a serious media company. But I was like, you know what? Like I'll DM him. And then from there, it's like been a wrap. What does, um, I feel like music industry as a whole is like so massive and there's so many different parts what is the photographer and the creative's role in the music industry i'd like to hear that from both of you too um you yeah i'll go first um i think that the role as a photographer and like a videographer in the music industry i feel like it starts off just kind of being behind the scenes and just like learning from others because they're always going to have like their policy their security and their people that they're around all the time So it's just kind of like learning how they move and being accustomed to being around the fame and like that superstar type of talent and like kind of recognize the, um, the audience more or less. Um, but it turned into like producing and it turned into managing other creatives, uh, to be able to set them up with those artists, um, getting security, getting DJs, putting them onto producers to do music. So I feel like you start behind the scenes, but as you move forward, it like turns into you have this idea that you're going to be their photographer, but it turns up that you're doing 40 other roles and being a photographer includes being basically just like a plug. I feel for like whatever fashion shoes, 
um, places to to stay, like literally Even anything. Like rentals and stuff yeah. too. Was that like a conscious effort that you were making trying to be a plug for them? Or were you just trying to, you know? No, nah, I was trying to grip onto one artist and hopefully they succeeded and I'd be with them there the whole way. Um, and then they were like, oh, we're going here. And, and it would be like, uh, am I coming with you? Because like you're saying I should go out there, but you're not paying me. And they're like, well, you just started. So how are you going to make this work in L.A. and this work in Atlanta and this work in China? And it's like shit you're right like i did just start i'm not the greatest photographer of all time and i'm i'm still progressing and all that um so it turns into me figuring out who can fulfill that job so it stays within the family in a way and that's kind of where like the media company's gone as a shift from like me me being greedy to like do work with one artist and then it's turned to me meeting people like dre and like michael gilbert and all these other guys that uh we have mutual relationships with and you end up having more success that way by distributing. Yeah, I feel like I feel like in anything you do, like you can't do it alone. Yeah. You know. No. But yeah, I don't know, Dre. Like, I, I feel like you're more in the fashion, pop yeah. culture stuff. So, you <laughs> so I like I didn't start off in the music industry. Um, I actually I started doing like a lot of freelance work. So I would do like a lot of fashion shoots for like uh, a bunch of clothing brand, not anything like big. Um, but then I would do like videos here and there. Like when I first met Tyler, I was working with the um, with Boston Harbor now. And they do like all of the ships that go to like the Harbor Island. So I was doing like the media for them. And like perfect example of what you're saying is like, like Jake, my relationship with Jake started off. I was doing photography for his brand. And then we ended up making a few vlogs together. And now like I manage him. I, I creative direct Kizzo. Um, like I, I try and put on like Kizzo into like other, other artists and stuff. And it's, yeah, it's way more than just like a photographer. You end up just doing way more. I think that's like the perfect way to say it. It's like way more than a photographer. How did you go from taking landscape photos of Boston and being Boston Flicks to developing those other skills and kind of seeing, you know, past that and that there's more. This is how you get your foot in the door, build the relationships. But there's a lot more on the table. So like I um, I was I was doing a landscape photo one day and I was on a rooftop and I'm like, wait, I'm like. 17 right now if i get caught i'm chilling but next year if i get caught i'm fucked like i'm gonna i'm gonna be like i'll have a trespassing charge i'll have a record and i don't want any of that so i had to figure out a way on how to you know make it work without that um so i kind of just started reaching out to a bunch of people and coincidentally i started working with um i don't know if you guys know la, la tienda it's a sneaker store in malden and i kind of just walked up to the owner gabby and i was like yo you guys don't have a youtube channel let me run it. And he was like, cool, go for it. And then from there, pretty much just like, I, I made all of my connections starting there. And it's pretty much like gone from there. And so were you doing multiple things? I mean, you brought in like the videos of the YouTube stuff, but when did the, the management or the brand stuff or behind the scenes, like business stuff come into the picture? So that kind of just like, it just comes coincidentally really. Like say, say I can't do a shoot. Um, I'm like, I have to find somebody else that's going to do it. And from there, like, that's pretty much just like what mass whole media is, is like, if we can't do a shoot, I'm going to give somebody else it. Um, so that's like, it pretty much grew into like just a bigger scale of that. And now you're offering that as a service to other people yeah. pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. Cause it started around Boston. Like we were, we were like, Oh, like we can both do this. And then we were like, Oh shit. Like we both can't really do this if there's like five things going on in one night. So we got to get like a whole army of people. And then. People were like, oh, you're going to be like our next show. And we were like, shit, now I got to find people in New York. 
So we would go through Instagram and look up New York photographers and all that stuff. And we'd found other guys and that's how we kind of like sublet it to them. But, um, yeah, it's, it's more just like, like you can't do it alone, but like, it's also having to trust in like other people to get a job done. We, we want to keep our ideas like as, um, foundational as possible, like between like all our guys and like have them working towards the same thing. Um, and believing in whatever we're doing. Um, and I feel like the one way to really hammer that is like making sure they're hungry because if we're those people that are always just like plugging and networking them, then they get very content. They get lazy. They're they asking get really you for content. stuff. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's like making sure that the people that we're around and the people that work for us, um, aren't on a level of just being content and like, Oh, I got Dre and Tyler. I have like these five people that like have all the connections and whatever. Um, it's like still them. If we don't have a connection they're they're screwed. Like right. that's what it would be. So we need to teach them how to figure out a way to hustle, how to get in and whether it be through a fashion industry, through, um, plugging artists with whatever they need or just like looking up a phone number, then that's what we have to do. The other side of that is to like, you're not on the ground. Like you're sending someone that in some cases you probably have never even met them mm -hmm. in person yeah, we to met. represent you. Yeah. How do you go about uh, that conversation or just kind of bringing that up? Or is it just the way you operate that like, look, you're representing me. You have to, you're not like fucking around. Like you're not taking selfies backstage. Like, is there anything specifically that you guys like do with that? Um, I mean, realistically, people know that how me and Dre handle our stuff and how we stay professional because you're around massive multi-platinum artists and celebrities that have done everything in the world and back and they're just going around and do it one more time that for them it's kind of like when we ask them to go and work with um travis scott or drake or whatever wh whatever artist it might be um i feel like they kind of like shake a little bit and they're scared and like it's kind of like that shock factor of like holy shit this is happening but like at the same time it's like damn i have like a job to do and i can't be like fucking around because it's a massive opportunity for them. So if they blow it, they blow it. And like they're, they don't have a way back in. Mm -hmm. I feel like that first thing that like people get into, like that first massive thing is like make or break because the hardest thing to do is get into whatever industry that you're trying to do. Because if you take time off from that, if you take a month off from shooting concerts and being in the music industry and knowing what's going on, it feels like a lifetime because there's new artists that pop up every fucking day, you know? So I feel, I feel that, it's it's definitely a make or break when um but like it should be a per you should know when you're going to that to do that um how that should be handled you know i think it's pretty self-explanatory just like do your job get out if you want to hang out and do whatever just make sure you stay professional so you yeah. get like a one strike policy with your guys that they fuck up once they're out yeah exactly like yeah basically like it depends what they do it's like it has to be pretty fucking bad yeah. like like really bad any uh any anything you want to touch on any stories um yeah i had a guy uh, <laughs> you already know where the story's going i think I there's a couple there's one in, there's one in halifax i'm not gonna say the name though um tj opening up on tour and uh, i got a call and it was 11 o'clock east coast because it's an hour further back so it was okay. at midnight and uh i was in bed and this guy goes yo i caught one of your guys selling a pass outside the venue before he came in and I was on FaceTime with the kid, like, are you going to the venue? And he's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm waiting for the guy. So he said, yeah, I went out and gave him the ticket and the media pass because he needed a ticket and a media pass to get in. And um, 
he was asking him like are you coming in he said no i'm just gonna like chill out i'll smoke a joint and then i'll go in and i was like all right cool like i don't care if you smoke a joint as long as you do your job you know and uh he's my friend who's the the photographer on tour with him right now he's like i was standing inside the window like of the venue and i literally saw this guy give like take cash and give a pass and then he came into the show like without a bag so i was like did you really do your job and oh, i was went asking, to the show he just wanted the ticket. He went to the show. I don't know. He, said, he said he had a camera bag, too, so I don't know if he ditched it into the bushes or whatever, but he got rid of the pass and sold it for money. Did he not provide any footage for you guys, then? No. So, <laughs> no. so obviously. Didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was, that was a see you later moment. Um, we've had, like, a couple things where, like, um, <laughs> one of our... One of our <laughs> One of my good friends, uh, his name's Will. We ha- we were in uh, Montreal. We were doing Igloo Fest, and uh, Igloo Fest is the coldest EDM festival and like festival in the world. Oh, um, it's outside. It's negative fifteen degrees Fahrenheit, probably, and it's like Tiesto and uh, Flume and all these guys performing. And this guy, we got, um, we were allowed to rotate out on stage, and uh, they had like these little um, space heaters for when they were DJing, so they could do it without gloves and in t-shirts and whatever. And uh, they had like a little glass panel and my, my guy went up in front of the glass panel in front of like 15,000 people and like sat there for like a minute recording them like back to the crowd and everything. And I was like, oh my God, dude, like, and we, he got the, he got reamed a new ass, but, uh, but he's, he's a good photographer and he's a good guy. So we cut, we kept him around cause he knew what he did he just didn't realize it in the moment. But yeah, I feel like a lot of it is the attitude. Like you have to fuck up really bad to get kicked out. Like you have, like the guy from the tj show like he he intentionally did that like he was fucking us over like not not to just like fuck us over but he was trying to get his own benefit out of it mm. and like the relationship we're building with people obviously it's supposed to go both ways like we get we get you the connection you give us the photos um but like that yeah that trust goes both ways like um touching back on what you said like way earlier um like when we hit people up they don't have they, they have no clue because they'll get a dm from like either the mass media account me or tyler and if it's a mass media account they have no clue who's dming them yeah so they kind of just have to trust that we're, we're actually like about what we're saying um and they, they really won't figure out until they get to the box office and they ask if their name is on the list what about for you guys personally like obviously there's a reason you're here and like at a large like a bigger on a bigger stage um and you haven't like fucked up too much like to get kicked out of venues but like were there any moments like on on your come up and like kind of beginning stages that you're like kind of poking around where you shouldn't shouldn't be backstage um damn i'm trying to think or just any like time where you learned from like a mistake or something that kind of didn't go how it should have um my big mistake was i was documenting for an artist and uh I'm not going to say who. And the team was really mad after. And I said, what are you mad about? I sent you like 15 minutes of footage. And they said, there's not enough footage. Like we literally wanted the cameras running continuously. Like that's the whole point of documenting. Like we want them doing every little bit and every little thing. And like, I, I really didn't do that. Um, and I was fucking around. I was like mixing it with photos and mixing it with, uh, flexing a little bit and being young at the time in the industry. Um, but I really think, I, I learned after that, that was really, really early. I learned after that to like ask if I'm in a, if I'm in a green room or whatever, um, like with Travis Scott, I was like, I hadn't, I was the only one in the venue with my camera and the other guy was three, three, one Des, who's uh, on tour with him right now. And, um, and I was like, I asked him, I said, yo, do you think I can take out a camera back here and like take photos? Not necessarily of Travis, but like of Don Tolliver, of Sheck West, of, uh, late twins, Beyonce's dancers. And, uh, 
And he was like, I wouldn't really do that. Like, I don't know where it can lead you. Like legally, like I would not even trust that. So I learned to ask and just kind of like see what's cool with other people. Um, then as you get like more acquainted with teams, I feel like you can have a say into like what happens back there. Um, whether you see them once a year or whether you see them once every five years, like they have a certain trust level in you and that doesn't really go away if you like maintain that connection. What is the typical like team look like for, for an artist like in, <laughs> in the industry right now? There's always there's always the manager that's either their friend or an actual like a manager. Yeah. There's security <laughs> that are also either their friends or actual security. Yeah. Um and then obviously like all of their friends. And that's pretty much like mainly like who I DJ I've seen. producer, tour manager, yeah. um, touring staff, lighting, production. Who's like who's got the most like bullshit job though, like? I feel like there's some people that are just kind of along for the ride. Like, have you guys seen like Entourage? Like, who's the turtle? Yeah. Um, there was a lot of people with Fabio that like didn't look like they should. No, have wait. Been doesn't there. a boogie have somebody like on tour with him at all times just to roll a blunt for him? Like, he has a personal blunt roller. Yeah, I think. Yeah, there's artists like that, which is like ridiculous. I mean, if you have that money, like, cool, go for it. But like, yeah, there's there's professional blunt rollers. There's uh. Style, I think stylus is kind of crazy. No, I think stylus. I think it depends. It depends, though. I think a stylus can be kind of crazy because if you're going oh, for a week and then like you're changing wardrobes or whatever, your week should be set out. I don't see a reason for a stylus to be there, especially for a guy. Like, what? What do you possibly Weather, need? Weather's done? a big factor. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you're in a city, so like you could get inspired by like local clothes, like stuff like that. I think I think the stylus is very important, and like yeah, you'll probably too. talk on that too. Like yeah. I don't know, you're in that in that scene a bit yeah. more. Yeah, because um, like I like for me, fashion is also like as much as photography is art. Fashion is a, another form of just like art on somebody's body, and like I feel like every all of us could agree. Like if somebody got that shit on, like you could tell they got that shit on, and whether they put it on or not, like they look they look fire. So that having somebody that's able to create that without having the artist like because the artist is already worried about tour they're worried about like all their friends they're worried about like getting bitches that night of or whatever like they don't they don't want to think about what the fuck they're gonna wear so yeah. i feel like the stylist is really valid i have a friend too who uh he spent a long time like he's he's a bit older than me um but he spent a long time working with like artists and he actually like makes his own garments like silk silk clothing and so, like, kind of on the stylist route, but also, like, he's got a brand. And he mm -hmm. tells, me, tells me stories about, like, he would go backstage with Travis Scott or, like, uh, he was with, um, who was it? It was the white guy. Uh, I forget. But regardless, he would go backstage and, like, all the brands, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, they'd all bring out, like, all these racks of clothes. And then he'd have a suitcase. He'd open it up. And they'd always come towards his shit because it was custom, like tailored to them. And like they didn't really know who he was, or maybe they did because like he had been around, or his brother, or whatever. But um, just having that personal connection, like through fashion, is like super cool. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, bouncing off of that, like when I was with Sweet Lee, sorry, it was, it was Black Bear. That was the that was Black the other Bear. Guy, is yeah, a yeah. yeah. Okay, he was like with Black Bear all the time. Fire. Oh, Black Bear is the, okay. Yeah, the musician. Damn. Yeah. Damn, I love Black Bear. So um, when I when I was with Sway Lee, the, the same thing kind of happened. Um, it wasn't for the the show that night. It was he um his stylist. I don't know why that was his Coachella outfit. He was going yeah. to Coachella like a week later. Yeah, he like his stylist just came into the hotel room with a rack full of clothes, and he decided his Coachella outfit the, the day he was out here in Boston. Really? Yeah. And uh, that was a week a week before. A week yeah. Before yeah. Interesting. A weekend mm -hmm. before. 
So have yeah. you have you toured with artists before, or no. is it mostly just in Boston? Yeah, it's mo- mostly in Boston. I want to tour with somebody, <laughs> yeah. but haven't yet. Yeah, it's on the bucket that's list. That's the that's the one bad part about our company is that uh, like it's not always like the whole point is like we save artists money. We like for a lo- for a local artist that wants to go on a tour if they only have fans in Boston and Tokyo. If they want to go to Tokyo, I say, oh, you don't even have to fly your manager. You don't even have to fly your DJ, your photographer, whatever. Um, I have a guy in Tokyo. I'll send him. And you just pay his rate. You don't have to pay any food for him. You don't have to pay anything. And he'll do the work for you. And then you just fly fly home. We'll save you 10 grand or whatever. Um, so I feel like with 50 show tours, with a major artist, we can save them a couple hundred thousand. We can save them a couple million. So that's kind of the tough part about not being able to personally go on tour. Because um, kind of staying true to that value. But uh, yeah, touring would be, it would be a cool experience. I, w- mm-hmm. I would like to do it once just yeah. to just to do it i don't care with who but definitely just to get that and know what that's like um yeah. if you could pick an artist to go on tour with like who would it be Ooh, it's a good question just mine's like, machine overall, gun kelly mine's machine, machine gun kelly easily machine gun kelly that guy's fucking crazy <laughs> you see that uh he was just on the kelsey's podcast like the, the, the Kelsey brothers, they have, really? they have a podcast, like the well, New the, Heights. The Heights, the New Heights, the New Heights pod- podcast. MGK well, I, was on that? Well, I guess that uh, Machine Gun Kelly was like from like the same like neighborhood in Cleveland that they were from. That is fucking crazy. And then Machine Gun Kelly said that if uh, Travis signed with the Browns, he would give him a half a million dollars cash like in a duffel bag. Like, upon <laughs> no <arrival>. fucking way. <laughs> but no, he's a cool guy. He's got everything going on right he's now. So, he's so cool. He's crazy, but he's so cool. What about you, Jay? I don't I don't really know. I have like so many artists. Um I guess I want to go with like the best performer I've seen. Coda the Friend. He was out here recently and like out of all the concerts I've been to, he was like the best performer I've ever seen. Out and of how many concerts? This year I did I can't even tell you. Like between this year and last year I want to say like over thirty. Okay. Um But yeah, like I wouldn't Definitely him. Like okay. his his whole entire team is mad nice too. Like he's That's he's great. a genuine person himself. Where's he from? I don't know. Um, I think Chicago. Don't quote me on that okay. though. I'm not entirely sure. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's intra. It, I mean, I feel like it's the guys that you wouldn't expect for like the, to have the, like the best, like the most like inviting team um, to be like you know that case. But I don't know. I would have to go with Travis Scott. Travis like, Scott. I mean, yeah. It's like New York. Pretty, he's from New York. Okay. From New York. Got it. New York has hospitality, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. But yeah, uh, what are, I mean, you were kind of touching on like the international point earlier and you were telling me about like Gilbert and everything uh, when he got sick and all that. You want to kind of walk us through that story like on the, on the show and just how having that infrastructure set up of the creatives that you can just call like on a whim anywhere yeah. in the world pretty much. Yeah. Uh, how um, you built that. We like even before that we had a, another story it was um we had Rolling Loud Portugal which wasn't with him that was with Jaleel actually um but we had Les Ardans in Belgium last summer um that was an eighty thousand person festival watching Sway Lee and uh, Slim Jixmi's like race remembered set entirely and uh, I had a guy in Croatia and I texted him and I said yo do you mind like going to film uh Swaley and Slim Jixmi and uh, their managing their management wanted a FPV drone, so like a first person view um, drone footage. And uh, he was like, "Yeah, like if you can, if if we can figure out a way to get me to Belgium, like I'll stay in a hostel and like I'll figure it out and I'll get there." 
and uh he said oh the flight's 30 dollars canadian so it was like 20 bucks like u.s from croatia to belgium and uh i was like oh, i'll cover i'll take care of that whatever um he ended up going and uh basically just got picked up like off the side of the road literally into a sprinter van got walked in to the uh the concert and um put on his little vr headset that he was flying the drone with and um took care of it and during that he almost uh he almost nailed Sway Lee <laughs> with the drone. Yo. He like, yeah, he came pretty close. And like the footage, like the raw footage, you hear like the engine like on the on the FPV drone like revving up, and it's Sway Lee like doing a doing like a circle and like kind of falling forward, and the engine just like kicked into top notch and like went right over his head like barely. Oh my god! So, he probably like had a heart. Yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. He, he low key had a heart attack when he was watching. So it, it was probably cool. And How like, did the he really come didn't... out? It was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It was like eighty thousand people like watching race Ramon's set, which is like crazy to hear. Like in twenty twenty three, compared to like in in another. This country, could be too. us twenty sixteen type of thing. <laughs> um, but they yeah. always they're always they'll always draw draw, draw a crowd though. Like mm-hmm. they got the bangers like the oh, kind absolutely. of timeless. Yeah. How does that work with like the legality of FPV? Obviously, so that's like a different country. I don't think it like, was even legal. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they didn't allow it. But because, kinda... like, that's dangerous. Like, yeah. drones are like one thing, but a drone that has no access and no like, it's just not even like it's not floating because it's, it'll just fall with gravity. Mm-hmm. Like, and also the hard part is too, it's signal. Yeah, there's so many people there. Like, it's like going on a on your phone at like a concert. Like, yeah, festival. yeah. So. How and the, the goggles are like like a yeah. like a potato quality mm-hmm. like they're awful. They've gotten better though. Really? Yeah. With the DJI ones. Yeah, the and DJI stuff? ones are really okay. good. Have you have you flown them before? I or? haven't. I've done a lot of research. So I'm like this close to buying an FPV drone. Have you done like the simula- simulator? And Not stuff? yet. Yeah, because I've I've like a couple of years ago I was like look, thinking about getting into it and like you get on the simulator you're like in your com- on your computer like mm-hmm. doing it but. No, I've always like wondered like because I've seen that at concerts, indoor, outdoor, like I I think every concert now like pretty much is you know fpv drones like you see them everywhere so just the legality and like the waivers that those pilots have to sign yeah they yeah we didn't we didn't sign any waivers we just kind of said go and figure it out and and let's see how it comes out i i would hope it's not the same guy that's rolling a boogie's blunts that's that's no yeah this guy this guy was good um yeah he's he does content croatia like he flies through like mountains and like does like uh yacht parties and um, he's originally, he's from, uh, Ottawa or Toronto also. So he's another Canadian guy. Um, but the dude's been, he specializes in FPV. He's been doing it for like three years, I think. Which is like ridiculous. So that was like the first like kind of big international. You're just like completely removed from the situation. That yeah. You, yeah. That you really did. yeah. Internationally. Yeah. That was, that was the first one. Um, we tried to do something with TJ in China that, whole thing didn't work out because i was so last minute and we were like shit like we don't know if we like want to do anything in china like we, we were kind of a little skeptical of it because it was like um we were hearing some stuff i was talking to a guy from shanghai uh, i was doing um it's another one of my friends from montreal and he was saying just be careful like for the people you send there like if they're white because the whole initiation on those blocks in shanghai is that for gangs you need to kill like a white person like for a gang so apparently if you don't have like security or anything like you're screwed over there I, a I cameraman man would yeah yeah security. they said That's like crazy. the whole initiation for every gang in shanghai is is you need to kill a white guy and i was like that's ridiculous and it has to be a white man like no woman no nothing like that and i was like that was a guy from shanghai saying that so i don't know 
I believe it, but like I also don't want to believe it. So I was like, I don't know if I don't know if I want to be doing anything over there. You can just like, take responsibility for it. For you. Yeah. But what yeah. is like the tip? Because like you said, like that kind of fell through. It seems like a lot of things in like music or just like last minute together thing. I mean, the the Travis Scott story that you, that you did tell last time was like very just like strung together and just right like place, rumor right time, based. Basically. But like, how does that? Like, how do you build, like, a career and, like, sustain, like, your work and continue to level up in an industry that's built off of, like, rumors and just, like, kind of right place, right time? Um, I mean, a lot of the music industry stuff, it's very, um, it's short term because for an artist especially, like, you're lucky if your name is known a month from now, you're lucky if your name is known next year. Um, like, for example, Ice Spice, like, her name got known this year she's up for new artists but five years down the line let's see where she's at like granted like dude i don't know she might her be, manager, uh, she might be her manager's fucking Mount incredible Rushmore pretty soon yeah her, she's uh she's torn she's here the second with doja mm-hmm. cat um no her manager's incredible james On roseman Saturday? yeah oh word. yeah her manager's like absolutely incredible his name is james roseman he's like nuts um but i feel like everything's like just so short term in music that you don't know what's happening even like 10 minutes from now they're always like changing everything um it's just kind of like like what i tell people is they say what happens if this happens and what happens if this doesn't work out the way i want it to and it's like nothing's gonna work out the way you want it to whether you go to like a corporate job or whether you do uh photography as a as a job i feel like um you don't really you don't know until you're there but um I feel like you just got the biggest thing is like learning how to be versatile and just like come by like all the differences and like figure out a way around it because wherever you go in life, there's always going to be stuff that's in your way and you're going to be around people that you don't want to work with and that's just how it is and you still have to like kind of put your head down and nail a gun through it, you know? Um, but you just figure out, yeah, figure it the fuck out, just straight up grind it out. Um, a lot of it can be bitch work and all that stuff and we've been through the bitch work multiple times. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's nice when you have like little, we're in this, me and Dre are in this buffer zone right now where it's like, we've gone past the bitch where it can learn enough of the versatility to like carry us through whatever comes our way. Um, but we're also not at a point where we're stepping on labels, toes and managers and like dealing with whole legal troubles with like big time people that like are there for work and like zero room to fuck around in if you fuck anything up um even if it's just like trying to manage how something's changing so we're at this very content spot and i hate saying that word but um it's a very content spot we're in because we feel comfortable with dealing with the changes but at the same time we're not we know we're not stepping on anyone's toes and like we're able to try out new styles and like everything too Mm-hmm. If you guys got like much, what would it look like for you guys to get to the point where you were step like, like stepping on labels toes? Um, like, what more would you need to do to kind of be on their radar and kind like, of get them scared? I feel like we would have to do more than just like concerts. Um, it would have to be including like cover art, um, cover art, any business deal straight yeah. up. Like uh, for Travis, like the whole AP, like Amar Peugeot. Um, that whole deal, like doing that, would fuck us. Oh like, yeah, of entirely. Course. You know, making forty million. And also, it took them four that. years to do that. So, like, yeah. imagine, like, and he has busy as a business manager, which is like, he's he's fucking incredible. He's like, he's been with him for ten years. You know, so it's like for us to step in and like basically say, oh, we'd like to do a business deal with Automore Peugeot, like 
how are we going to do this? They just basically kick us to the curb and say like, what the fuck are you even trying? For, it seems you know? like for you guys and like totally correct me if I'm wrong, but like the way to scale at least now is like really just like more find more creatives and continue doing what you do well mm-hmm. on a bigger, on a everywhere. Just, just grow to more countries, more cities every single night, different places. Right. Exactly. Is that kind of like the mindset right yeah, now? Yeah. Cause we have realistically, like the more we got, the more connections we get, like that's just how it's going to be. Um, I always go by the mentality that like, if you meet like my first connection got me all my other connections. Um, I met one person at a show or one person at a club and I would say, cool, now I'm going to get a connection out of this guy. That one goes to two, those two go to four, those four go to eight. Um, I mean, we have 200 creatives that are working with us. And for those 200 to have that same mentality and like buy into that idea, those people probably have 100, 300, 1,000 connections that are kind of put into like our networking database, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're at a point where our 200 guys, like since they all believe in the idea, like nobody's gatekeeping anything, which is like a super important part um especially in music like everybody gatekeeps in music everybody nobody says names nobody does anything yeah and And where did that come from for you guys it's like we need to change that like um like we really have nothing to hide like it's it's a point where um like we're confident but we're not cocky like when we tell people like our business model it's not like bragging in a way it's just like what we're doing when we say we work with drake we work with travis we work with uh MGK, we work with Trippy and, and all these artists. It's not like we're saying like, oh, we we take photos with them. We do this. We do that. It's like, no, we just work with them. Like we're pushing their marketing and we're doing their content for them. And that's how they want to do the tour. And we're just there to help, you know? You're not trying to do too much. You're providing exactly. value to them. Just keeping it light, yeah, simple. Literally just providing value. And then they give us a cosign. That's about all we ask for, you know? Um, and I think that's more important than kind of per, like keeping a name like private like it, it doesn't really matter because once you have that and if you do your job and you maintain a relationship you're already you're already in there so you shouldn't have to worry about anything necessarily it's just put like the fear of putting other people on thinking that they're going to take your job mm-hmm. and there's like the other part of it too where like we like we're obviously getting a lot of people that are hungry and they'll go and get their own connections without even having us. And like, since they're a part of our like, company already, they'll they'll bring those connections to us. Yeah. So it's kind of just like the relationship that we build with a lot of our creatives isn't just like, oh, you're gonna shoot here. Like, well, like a lot of the people in in the big group chat that we have, like we have a good relationship with them. Like, I'll joke joke around in that group chat all the time. It's yeah. it's more than just like business all the time. That's mm-hmm. huge. Being like touching back on that on that topic uh, that I kind of brought up earlier about like it's being the music industry being kind of last minute and like a little bit flaky almost. How do you like these guys are on the road, different city every night. How do you like become like remembered by them and like make a good uh, impression on the um, b- business guys too, but also the artists. Um, a lot of it, a lot of the time too. Like artists are really cool. Their job is to perform. They get off stage and like the cameras go down like you let them enjoy their time and when you're backstage it's kind of like you're one of their high school friends because if they go out in public they're getting mobbed and paparazzi and all that stuff and it makes sense that they they just want to chill out um but it's not necessarily the smaller artists will remember your name the bigger artists like um like artists are so fucking high after shows like i they i they probably don't even know my name and i've seen them like 10 times in my life you know um so that's when you go to like managers and tour managers and like build a relationship with them. Um, that's also 
a, a lot of people get mixed up thinking that the artist has all the pull, but every time an artist gets asked about something, they say, oh, just talk to my manager. So where do the priorities lie like in business? Like it's cool as like a person that listens to this artist growing up. It's cool to like have that relationship with an artist, but like from a business perspective and what you want to do, like you have to go to like the business side and the managers and tour managers and all the production staff and like talk to them. Um, so I would say that it's not really necessarily about the relationship with the artist, but it's more like the managers and like staying on good terms with them because um, I feel like I feel like managers also manage like five or six other artists. For example, mm -hmm. TJ's manager, his name's Clay, and he manages uh, Armani White also. So when I first worked with him in Montreal, he set us up, um, or I was I was working with North Ave Jacks, um, a Vermont artist, and I did his opening set. It was the first paid show I've ever done in my life. Uh, got off stage. And TJ's manager was standing there. He said, oh, you have a camera. Like, can you come film TJ's set? So that's how that relationship started. The manager asked me to go and film. Um, through that, we kind of developed the business model. And then we stayed in touch with them saying like, hey, we can plug you wherever you go. And uh, there was a last minute trip that Armani White made to Montreal over the summer. And uh, he went out a day early before his performance because he got a text from Billie Eilish to go perform uh, Billie, his top song, Billie Eilish. Um, on stage with her at a festival in Montreal. So, I think I saw a video of that. Yeah, so Clay texted me and he goes, hey, like, big ask. Like, do you have anybody in Montreal, like, at all? And we had, like, five people at, like, the festival, like, working for us. And I was like, yeah, like, we can we can figure something out. Like, no problem. Like, just text me whenever you need someone there. We need someone there in 30 minutes. Okay, sounds good. So we had a guy inside the festival who was working with an artist, let them know the situation. Someone else came to cover. I was on my way in an Uber like backed up in traffic and uh we ended up getting there and um and that's how that kind of worked out so it's just like believing the idea and like kind of in a minute 30 seconds whenever i pitch an idea to someone um it's like what can you do for me okay cool you just got yourself another 30 seconds okay that sounds incredible it looks like we're, we're doing all right and we can do some business and then the last 10 seconds you get someone's phone number in 50 seconds here you're, you're done um so it's just like what they're going to remember you for. So for Clay, it must have been like, wow, these guys have people all over the world. And like, they're just kind of like Uber for creatives. So we'll text him and see if he can like magically do this. Um, so that was kind of like his test to see like, mm -hmm. what can these guys really fucking handle if they can like do this notice, in 30 minutes? Yeah. Um, At like one of the biggest shows he's yeah. ever done. Yeah. And that was our biggest video this year too. He's easily. pretty much trying to just like, I feel like a lot of people like, especially like that are already in the industry, they don't really believe like I need somebody in 20 minutes. So they're kind of just trying to call her bluff. But like when yeah. the person shows up in 20 minutes, they're like, oh shit, like these guys are And that's serious. a lot of the thing too. Like when we, when we work with artists, like they want everything for free and they're kind of like, how the fuck do you make this work? Like this just doesn't seem like a, and people are like, can we get a free trial? And they're like, we're just going to call you like at a random time and we're going to see if it works out 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So um, we end up doing it and a lot of times they'll say, hey, like, we'll give you this, we'll give you that, like, as compensation, whatever. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people call our bluff because they don't think we can do it and we proved it multiple times on, like, massive stages in front of crowds of, like, 50,000 people. And, like, that Armani White video with Billie Eilish probably hit, like, in a week, the first week I was looking at the impressions, I think it did, like, five or 600 million, like, on Instagram and TikTok only. Um, not even like Rolling Stone and like 
uh, BET and all like the articles and stuff like that. Have you gotten like people, other people from the industry, other creatives, like kind of giving you like dirty looks because you're disrupting in a way and kind of, you know, someone that might, their dream could be like world tour with an artist world tour, and yeah. like now because of what you're doing, you're helping the artist, but like you're taking that like position away from like that. So I was going to say like there, there are like photographers out there that they definitely like they're pretty offended on what we do. But at the end of the day, like if an artist really wants just one style, they're going to go with one photographer. If they don't really care, like if they're, if they're just looking for media, they just want media and content, then they'll take us any day of the week. Yeah. So like, and they'll save money at the end of the day. Like it's, it's really up to the artist and like the, the industry is competitive and we're, we're trying to get that edge on everybody else. So just like everything else in life, somebody's going to lose their job just as far as the future progresses. Like even photographers, like we might lose our job to phones. Like, and there was one story at, um, we were filming, uh, this thing and, and, uh, where was it? Fall river, the what? 14 league. Oh, I forgot what that was. That was like in fall river. And, um, we were talking, this guy asked us about our company and I'm not going to say his name, but uh, this guy asked us about our company. We're like, oh, we're kind of like Uber for creatives. And he's like, well, I've been on tours. And like, I find that really offensive. He like told us that straight to our face. And that was the first time I ever heard that in person. I just like kind of sat there and I was like, cool, dude, like we're going to keep doing our thing. You do your thing. And like, we'll see you like at the next show. You know what I mean? Figure it out. Um, yeah, no, that was, that was when like it really kicked in. Like, holy shit. Like there's not a lot of stuff like in the world like what we're doing but also in boston i feel like it's not like a big creative hub like new york and like la mm-hmm. yet um, yeah yeah, yeah. That's key. yeah how did you guys like kind of make an impression in like a global industry in such a small city like boston like your roots are here but you're talking about doing shows in you know tokyo and belgium yeah um i mean when i first did it i was in montreal when i first like had the idea to make a media company um, I did like three shows up there and I was like, shit, if I leave Montreal, like I'm kind of fucked wherever else I go. Um, so I came back to Boston. That's when I met Dre. So already from there, we had Canada and Boston. And I think just mutually on that, like when you get creatives from around the world, if they believe in themselves and they see their content getting pushed on our social media, like they're going to be proud of it and like look at it as a cosign, no matter how many followers we have, because one day that will be a major cosign that will be, um, like a a thing that can get someone a full-time job somewhere, you know? Um, So I feel like that's kind of important too, because when you have 200 people around the world in each state and each continent, um, if they're pushing that out, that kind of brings in the whole outreach of, uh, of people looking at our stuff. It's cool too. Like what you were saying earlier with like the uh, pushback that you've received from like certain people, like for the artists, like the, the, the product that they get from working with you guys is like a different a different style, a different creative view every single show, and like a photographer that like wants to be there. Cause like I'm sure, obviously, like you're a tour photographer, you're blessed to like be able to go to like all these shows, travel the world, travel the country, whatever. But like if you know, I'm like an up and coming photographer in Boston, and you guys reach out to me, and you're like, hey, there's this show tonight, can you get there? I'm like, hell yeah, I can get there, and I'm gonna like try like my best to like do some crazy shit and like improve with that rather than just be complacent. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like too, like even if, if an artist likes a certain style, like I feel like people can adjust to it as much as they hate doing that. And if not, if they don't feel comfortable doing that, like it's easy enough for us to find someone else, you know? (laughs) So it's like on the flip side to that too, like the artist is being and the management, not just the artist, they're all being exposed to like all these different styles. So it kind of just gives them more of a chance to be like, Oh, like this is going to be our guy. 
So, and, and I feel like for, for me at least, um, that's like one of the most rewarding things within the company. Like we haven't had somebody that like immediately just becomes somebody's tour photographer, but just like being able to expose people that are younger because we have like a few people that are like they're not even 18 yet and they'll yeah, we've, had to, we've had to like legally sign some stuff like it's like <clears throat> it's like oh like we give permission to like let this guy go it's like signing a kid's fucking field trip in like elementary <laughs> yeah. school to go to the aquarium you know it's like what the i'm like 21 i shouldn't have to do this for a, for anyone working with me you know but it's just um, like really nice seeing um like for me like when i was in high school i'm like damn like like um damn who was a photographer back then like mid jordan he he's um he, he was Troy Lane's photographer and I would look, I would look at him and I'm like, damn, like I really want to, I want to do stuff like that. And we're able to provide a similar experience for kids that are in high school because of that. Like they're, they're able to at least figure out if this is the industry that they want to be in or not at that young age. And also like, I didn't have a portfolio when I started this. That was also another part of the reason I did this. Cause I couldn't go anywhere to do photography and film without a portfolio. So I was like, cool, is there anyone, other art school rejects, whatever, like, I'll gladly take you in, I'll give you a portfolio, and then you can go off and do whatever you got to do, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like it's pretty cool to put people, like, we're happy to put people on and, like, just learn about other people. Um, and I think that's, like, kind of the cool aspect because you don't know where they're going in five years, and um, it's not necessarily, like, we expect them to stick around, but... Um, it's it's cool for them to like always remember where they got their start. Yeah, like, you set a good us. precedent of loyalty and just being exactly. like genuine and being. A we good just guy teach and... them how to be people. Yeah, the the camera work is is whatever. Like everyone's different with that, and and objectively, everyone's a good photographer. Um, it's just like your whole style and how you like manage yourself, and ninety percent of the game is just talking to people. And that within itself is is shifting just the culture within like the, all the industries that we're in because we're we're pretty much breeding a lot of people that. They don't want to gatekeep. They want to bring everybody else with them, and it's just it's just really beautiful to see because it's slowly all coming together. Yeah, it's awesome. I think that that's a really good like kind of wrapping up the, the thoughts yeah. here. I want to ask you, Jay. Um, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like that your um like career defining moment was the Travis show that you kind of snuck yeah, into. Yeah, definitely. What definitely about Travis. Like, what would you say like is your like coolest experience that you've had working in this industry over the last few years? Um, just for like a clip for the cameras. I would say like the TJ show, um, the one that just <laughs> happened last week. So Tyler kind of just like summed up that story really quick, but we were not supposed to get into that show. Like we, we really weren't supposed to get into that show. Um, so like the, the heart of me and Tyler's relationship, like what I said earlier is I have a lot of the smaller, not smaller, but like artists that are bigger in Boston. I have all those connects. And, um, my friend that day, I'm going to retell the story. So my friend that day, he um, he didn't know that he was gonna go perform. He was at his his niece's birthday party, and he gets a his DJ gets a call, um, and he's from TJ's manager. He's just like, yo, like we need somebody to perform because our opener just dropped out. Um, he he was in Haverhill, so I was like an hour away from MGM. He he whooped it over from Haverhill to MGM in like thirty minutes, and we're sitting at this artist entrance. Like we're just all sad because at first the the person told Tyler like we're gonna be there at five, and then we get there at five, and they're like we're not gonna be there till eight, and then eight like eight comes around and they didn't even end up showing up. So Mosa ends up coming in with his videographer, and I had shot for Mosa um, a couple times. It was one was at the fourteen league, and then the time. Bef- after that was at Chase Shakur's show 
And from there, I kind of just like built a, a nice friendship with him. I also manage a couple other rappers from out here and they have a relationship with Mosa. So I came across him a few times. Um, but yeah, so he comes in, he goes through security and he looks at me. He's like, yo, like, come on. Like just, he just went like that to me. And I was like, yo, Tyler, like I'll, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go in. And they didn't give us any credentials. Like security didn't ask me any questions. He yeah. literally just let me walk right through. And then I came back. And I don't know what was good with the security guard, but I was like, yo, yo, Ty, like, you're good. Like, most of said you could come in. Security guard didn't ask any questions. He was like, all right, cool. Like, go ahead. And didn't give us a pass. We didn't have a single pass for that whole entire night. And we either. figured out, we figured out after the show that, um, I was asking my guy, I was like, how come you, like, said five o'clock and then you said eight o'clock and then you said 10 o'clock? And he said, well, like, we were, we were shopping in Back Bay. It took us a little bit. So him and TJ were out shopping and, and they were late to the show. So that was the whole reason. That we mm -hmm. got into with Mosa. And then I feel like another moment would be um the fourteen league. That was um so the fourteen league it's run by um YGC, which is Marcus Smart's brand. And my friend Aaron James, he's Marcus Smart's um videographer, he hit me up and he's like, Yo, like I'm just gonna have mad media people come through. So everybody came through and did their thing and I just like I, I, like it was it was my first time ever shooting sports and it was on a pretty big platform because they're all professional ballers so i feel like for me personally that was definitely career defining because i was able to adjust in an environment that i particularly like wasn't a part of he's another guy that definitely want to have him come through sometime hey, James? hell yeah, yeah. he's always been like hell such yeah. a good I, I always see him around he's always just like so nice mm -hmm. and like yeah, he's a really I good think guy he is too i know he's got a kid and he's older he's like uh I feel like I knew, like, is he in his 30s? Yeah, he's in his 30s. Yeah. Yeah. But most people think he's, like, what, like 25. He's like a 25-year-old like, guy. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's fucking No, so but he's, nice. he's like, one of the nicest guys. Like, he's so mm -hmm. nice. You'll no, yeah, he's, he's that guy. such a genuine Deserves, person. like, everything that he's gotten, like, the opportunities that he's gotten in he's the past year or two. Like, totally, totally deserving of it. So. Mm -hmm. And he also got screwed because Marcus got traded, too. Yeah, so. but he's not nah, he didn't get screwed. He's, like, he's doing well, not his screwed, thing now. Not screwed, but, like, like, that was his, that was his main, his main, like, thing of footwork. He's, work, he's you still know? At, the, at the Celtics game, mm -hmm. so I saw him there the other night. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I think he works with, like, he works with, like, Slam now and, like, in the NBA and, like, a bunch of, okay. like, media groups yeah. like that. I know he's been having collabs, like, with Slam. He does, like, like literal, a lot of wedding stuff, too. Instagram collabs with slam which is ridiculous like i don't i don't see dude one. i don't know i have a couple friends because i did a lot in the sports scene yeah, yeah, yeah and i have a couple friends that don't think too highly of slam so really yeah i don't know slam by the way slam is broke they're actually yeah i, I know they, i know they are but that was also like um wasn't it mainly like for all american type of stuff like that's where it got its name like slam magazine for like nba drafts and like, like going into stuff, college like yeah like, yeah that's what it, yeah like going into college like you're right commitments and all that stuff that's where i reckon that was like the from. og then the magazine yeah because i never knew of it as nba i never I think the slam was like it was always slam magazine <clears throat> yeah right? yeah i knew like si mm -hmm. and stuff like mm -hmm. that but i never knew slam yeah. besides like high school so like, they're broke they won't like pay like any anyone to do like yeah. shoots for them yeah and then they also like I don't know. I, I don't want to get into it, but like they're just the way they use creators is, is not the most genuine way. I would feel mm -hmm. like, really? and uh, they kind of they're just. I don't know. But Aaron James, great guy, great guy, great <laughs> fucking guy, crushing it still. So yeah, we'll definitely have him on. Thank you guys for coming on, oh, yeah. telling your stories. I'm sure we'll see you guys around. Absolutely. Maybe have three Pete with maybe Tyler we can, on, we can on maybe here, do a three Pete, and we'll have Dre back too, of course. <laughs> Um, but yeah, best of luck with everything and Hell thanks yeah. for coming through. Appreciate Thank you guys. You. Seriously.
I appreciate you guys too. Thanks. Yeah, thank you.